to Today on Broadway for Wednesday, August 15th, 2018. I'm Broadway World's Matt Tamanini. And I'm Broadway star's James Marino. Wait, what? James, yeah. I you're you're here. Mm-hmm. I didn't think you were gonna be here. Uh, did you just say, you know what, those reviews for getting the van back together were so terrible that I don't want to go, or what happened? <laughs> Uh, well, uh, it seems as though that um, Mitch Jarvis is going to be out, uh, or oh, was out on Tuesday night. So uh, Bon O'Brien Brown contacted us and said uh, he's going to be out. Uh, they'd like to reschedule us since it's uh, we're going to see the principals. Yeah. So um, yeah, so we're rescheduling. Didn't see that, but uh, uh, Adam Feldman. Did you hear about Adam Feldman? You know. Uh, He's at a sporting event? He's at a sporting event. He's at Yankee Stadium. He said, I'm at a sport, I think he said. He did. He's like, I'm at a sport. (laughs) That's really funny. Hey, that Uh, reminds me of the thing that I was thinking about. So, uh, yeah, I mean, he needs to go to Yankee Stadium as a sorbet to cleanse the palate for... (laughs) (laughs) After that review, yeah. Yeah, that's funny. That's very, very funny. And um, speaking of which, uh, Stalker Channing uh, gave us a five-star iTunes review, and we really appreciate that. Did you see the review? No, I don't look at the reviews. No, I, neither I do I. Never, never read the reviews, but uh, somebody sent this to me uh, and said, Stalker Channing said uh, the very nice things about you and me and listening to it, and uh, that he could he or she could do without the occasional sports chatter, but say la vie. So oh, that's wow. that's our sports chatter, but it included Adam Feldman. Yeah, so of course. Time well, cle- clearly, Stocker Channing hasn't listened to the episodes where I don't know how to uh, pronounce apologia or apologia or uh, <laughs> I think it's apologia is what I think it is. Does that sound right? Mm. I think it's I think it's uh, Portuguese or something. I well, I tell you, pronunciation is going to be very important in the first uh, story up today. Oh. Because the Yiddish fiddler on the roof eyes a Broadway transfer? What? Yes. Yes, James. This is something that you guys have been talking about on This Week on Broadway since the first reviews came out. But yesterday, the Wall Street Journal reported that the National Yiddish Theater Folkspain has invited notable commercial producers to the show in hopes of transferring the musical to a commercial run either on or off Broadway. The decision whether or not to transfer it at all will reportedly be made sometime before or on October 1st, so about a month and a half from now. Of course, that obviously doesn't mean that the decision will be made public at that point, but it should be made by or around then nonetheless. The show, which Michael Portantier has said is the best fiddler that he has ever seen, and Peter Felicia said it was right up there, uh, it currently plays the Museum of Jewish Heritage, which I've heard makes it an especially impactful and almost site-specific experience. So I wonder if transferring it to a different house will impact, um, you know, how it feels to the audience. But James, we the thing that comes to my mind is we are less than 13 years removed from the closing of the Alfred Molina Fiddler on Broadway and less than two years removed from the Danny Burstein revival. Obviously, this production directed by Tony and Oscar winner Joel Gray is a much different animal than either of those two, which were done in English. This one's done in Yiddish, obviously much different. But do you think that there's a certain level of fiddler fatigue um, that might hamper its potential to make money if it does in fact do a Broadway run, even if it's a limited one in a small house? I can't imagine that 
this would be for, you know, a wide Broadway audience. I don't know how they would make make money with this. Uh, people, people shy away from anything that's not in English, uh, you know, mm-hmm. as, as kind of a rule of thumb. It's one of the things that opera runs up against all the time. So um, I think at a nonprofit in a limited scope and things like that, I think you would have a very uh, very interesting project, but as a large commercial thing, I don't think the Fiddler Fatigue should come into play. And uh, having Fiddler on Broadway, it's a tradition. Oh, I like that. That's very well done. Um, yeah, I, I would imagine that this would probably be something best served at a nonprofit to fill a slot and a schedule for a limited run. Um, another thing to consider, James, is that currently the show does not have any Saturday performances. Uh, in order to observe the Sabbath, um, I would imagine that would be very uh, – if they were going to continue that into a commercial run, that would be pretty off-putting to producers who are trying to make money and seeing uh, a weekend day where they could have two performances gone um, would be would be scary for them. Obviously, they're doing two performances on Sunday to kind of make up for it, but no performances on Saturday if they were going to continue that um, would be a bit concerning, I think. Uh, for a commercial producer. Yeah, that's, uh, we'd have to, <laughs> Telecharge and Ticketmaster would have to really work around the uh, the sun up to sundown Friday to Saturday type of thing <laughs> and adjust the calendar accordingly. That would be very interesting to see how that works out. All right. Uh, so next up in the news, the Chicago producers established an endowment in the memory of Jeff Luffenholz. Yeah, yesterday it was announced that in partnership with company members, Fran and Barry Weisler will establish an endowment in Luffelholz's name at the University of Oklahoma's Weizenhofer School of Musical Theater. Luffelholz was the longtime standby for Mary Sunshine, who tragically committed suicide earlier this year. And there's currently an investigation being done by Actors' Equity Association to determine if anything that the producers, uh, the director and musical director, did had any impact on that outcome. Additionally, a framed photo of Jeff performing as Mary Sunshine will be hung at the Ambassador Theater. James, it, this is a nice gesture on both accounts, and I'm glad that the Weislers are working with companies members to do this. Obviously, this won't have any impact on equities investigation, but hopefully it, it, it it's at least, if nothing else, a step towards healing for everyone impacted. The investigation will, re- will determine whatever it determines and actions will be taken from there. But in a vacuum, putting the investigation aside, I think this is a nice move. And I'm glad that there's some, you know, to, to borrow a political metaphor, reaching across the aisle here uh, to try to get this done um, between the production and the cast itself. All right. Uh, what do we have in the recommendation section? Two very different things, James. Two mm. very, very different things. Uh, the first, real quick, um, on Monday night, Broadway alum Ariana Grande visited Tony winner James Corden on CBS's The Late Late Show. And as James Corden is wont to do with musical guests, they did a little singing. In fact, they did um, 
something I don't think they've done this gimmick exactly like this before, uh, but it is soundtracked to Titanic, as in the movie. Um, Ariana Grande and James Corden uh, performed 13 songs live on nine different sets, all in one take, including Come Sail Away by Styx, um, Learn to Fly by the Foo Fighters, Just Dance by Lady Gaga, Steal My Girl from One Direction, Shape of You by Ed Sheeran, Ice Ice Baby by... Uh, Vanilla Ice, of course. Bye 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 by NSYNC. And of course, My Heart Will Go On by Celine Dion. Um, it's fun. I like I, I love James Corden's little bits. And I, I have a I have a very tenuous appreciation for Ariana Grande's talent. I think she's incredibly fantastic as a vocalist. And I think she's really seems to be a really strong, uh, thoughtful, young performer like she's young uh but she has her head on straight and is really good at saying what she thinks so i, I appreciate her i as an actress and a uh, enunciator leaves a lot to be desired <laughs> but um this other thing though is i i have no idea who this person is but it's been retweeted a bunch into my twitter feed and i love it uh 100 it comes from at Roz Heeg, Rozzy Heeger on Twitter, uh, at R-O-Z-Z-H-E-E-G. And what Roz did was apparently for a research project, she made a list of every musical that's ever been nominated for a Tony Award for Best Musical that was based on a pre-existing, pre-existing property or songbook. There's a lot, James, including five Pulitzer Prize winners, including Hamilton. If you go back, you have everything from um, Kiss Me Kate, South Pacific, Guys and Dolls, The King and I, Wonderful Town, Kismet, Pajama Game, Damn Yankees, Pipe Dream, My Fair Lady, Candide, all the way up to things like, I don't know, The Wiz, Rent, The Lion King, Ragtime, Hairspray, Wicked, and her, her point is she later said that um, people seem to be missing her point. So what she said was, quote, what I'm saying is originality is basically arbitrary. A show can be based on something and feel innovative and new. And a show can be based on nothing and not feel that way. And I don't know if this had anything to do with this original musical thing about with getting the band back together. Um, but to me, I've said, I say this all the time on here and on other podcasts. Um, a lot of people say, Oh, I don't want another musical based on a movie. Well, there's a, I mean, a lot of great musicals based on something, including movies. Um, and as movies become more and more a part of our popular culture and overtake books and plays, of course, we're going to have more of those. So it's all in the execution. Any, in my mind, any topic can be made into a good musical if it's done well. Um, and I think that's kind of, I don't want to put words in Roz's mouth, but um, that seems to be what she was saying as well, but it's a fantastic list and a great resource. So I will have a link to uh, that Twitter post with all of those shows in there, but it's a, a really great list to have to kind of look back on and say, wow, that is a lot of shows based on something. <laughs> That is uh, great. And this was part of a research project. Is she uh, like a graduate student in something or? No idea. There's no nothing idea. on nothing. her uh, on her on her Twitter bio. It just says, don't contradict me. Don't disobey me. Don't even think about going to that audition. Of course, a <laughs> quote from Hairspray. So it uh, doesn't really tell me much about who she is. Um, but. Robbie Rizal follows her, and so does uh, John Robert Allman, who is, uh, I believe, works at Sereno Coin. Uh, so those are the only two people that I follow that also follow her. So, uh, 
There's there something uh, something else from Twitter that happened a few weeks ago that I meant to send to you, and uh, this reminded me of it. Uh, did you see the uh, the the uh, theatrical phonetic alphabet on Twitter? I did not. No. Uh, so uh, the NATO phonetic alphabet. You know, sometimes you'll hear. Uh, usually military people will say Alpha whiskey, Bravo, Whiskey Tango, Foxtrot, yeah. you know, off-Broadway show, yeah. <laughs> uh, no, uh, what, what was the off-Broadway show? Charlie, Victor, Romeo, or the... Uh, like that. The, whiskey Tango, Foxtrot was a yeah. Tina Fey movie, I think, maybe? Matt, you found it. What was the name of it? Uh, it is Charlie, Victor, Romeo. Uh, Charlie, Victor, Romeo, CVR, cockpit voice recorder, which this play was a... a a read back of uh, what uh, pilots said to each other before they crashed. It was a very cool. dark, dark uh, yeah. off-Broadway play and interesting. Anyway, the uh, NATO phonetic alphabet is the Alpha Bravo Charlie Delta type of thing. And Ben Hewis on Twitter posted, uh, all theatrical fans must use this phonetic alphabet henceforth. Ackborn, Broadway, Cam Mack, Dench, Alphaba, Friedman, Grandage, Hamilton, Amelda, James Graham, <laughs> Lynn Manuel, McKellen, National, Olivier, Pinter, Qdos, Ryland, Shakespeare, Theater, Urinetown, Van Hova, <laughs> Weber, Zanadu, Yentel, Zuko. So I thought I that, that was that was a lot of fun. Oh, we heard from our friends over in uh, uh, was just going to say, you mentioned Olivier. Um, John Schwab, our friend from Curtain Call Podcast over in the UK, did say, reminded me that, of course, National Theatre Productions are eligible um, for the Olivier's. Of course, Brian Cranston, who is transferring network from the National Theatre over to uh, Broadway here in a few months. Uh, he won an Olivier for that show. So, yeah, that'll definitely, uh, uh, Hadestown will definitely be eligible for the Olivier's. All right. Let's get back on track with the script. What's uh, up in TV news? Okay, a couple things here. Late on Monday night, Deadline reported that On Your Feet star Anna Viafanye has signed a one-year overall talent deal with ABC. The deal, the deal means that ABC Studios and the network will target comedy and drama projects specifically for Viafanye. The uh, you hear about these all the time for producers and writers, but not so much for actors. So this is a very cool thing for her. Now, there's no guarantee that whatever project or projects that they you know, settle on will ever actually make it to air. But considering that they're already investing money and time and effort into Via Fanier, whatever they end up will certainly have a leg up on the competition come pilot season. She starred in a pilot for CBS this past year that most onlookers were pretty shocked didn't get picked up called History of Them. So maybe this will be another chance for her to get her uh, TV big break. As we mentioned on Monday's show, she could be seen in MCC's Collective Rage, a play in five Bettys beginning later this week. In other TV news, James, this is amazing. Um, the IFC comedy series Documentary Now, which is a mockumentary series that spoofs real life documentaries, has announced that this February they will take aim at the original Broadway company of well, company, uh, and the iconic 1970 documentary, original cast album, Company. In the episode, Broadway alums Taryn Killam, John Mullaney, James Urbaniak, they will play producers of the album, and Alex Brightman, Richard Kind, Paula Pell, and Renee Elise Goldsberry will play the stars of a musical called Co-op. The episode will air on February 20th at 10 p.m. on IFC. Uh, this is brilliant. First off, if you don't know original cast album, Company, it is 
Elaine Stritch in all of her glory. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. You have to you have to <laughs> see it in a young Stephen Sondheim. It's so, so good. Um, so watch that and then keep an eye out for February 20th documentary now. Do we have any idea where they can see original cast album company? Is it like Netflix or Hulu or is it Amazon or I, is it not anything or Broadway? No, HD? I think it's I think it's streaming somewhere. I don't I, I don't know off the top of my head where it is, but I believe it's streaming somewhere. It's out there. If nothing else, you can probably rent it on iTunes for a couple bucks. Um, it's uh, it's well worth it if you. Uh, yeah. Uh, if you get just, a chance to see it. just the best. Oh, my goodness. All right, Matt, what other news do we have? Okay, yesterday it was announced that Tony nominee Jennifer Samard will replace Carrie Butler in the original Broadway production of Mean Girls beginning on September 11th. Butler will leave the triple role of Mrs. Heron, Miss Norbury, and Mrs. George on the 9th. No official reason has been given, but James, I can think of three words to explain her departure. Do you know what they are? Mm, no. Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice. Um, <laughs> next up, Dermot yeah. Crowley, Olivia Galliott. I was hoping you would get it, but no. Um, Kate Jennings Grant, Andrew Hovelson, Daniel Pierce, and Grace Van Patten will join Tony winner Glenn Close in the public theater's New York premiere of Jane Anderson's play Mother of the Maid beginning on September 25th. Uh, you don't see this very often, but on the exact same press release with uh, with which they announced the rest of the company, they also announced a two week extension. Mother of the Maid will now play through December 2nd. The play tells the story of Joan of Arc's mother, a sensible, hardworking, God fearing peasant woman whose faith is upended as she deals with the baffling journey of her odd and extraordinary daughter. Her daughter, Joan of Arc, will be played by Grace Van Patten, as I said a second ago. And yes, her uncle was the late Dick Van Patten, making her uh, making former tennis pro and current poker commentary commentator Vince Van Patten her cousin. You know, shout out to uh, the World Poker Tour. Um, and finally, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory has found its kids to kill and parents to traumatize <laughs> on this upcoming national tour. James Young will play Grandpa Joe and the great Kathy Fitzgerald. I think she's been on uh, Broadway radio before. Uh, we'll play Mrs. Gloop. Jessica Cohen will play Veruca Salt. Daniel Quadrino will play Mike TV. We will have a link in the show notes to the entire company for this um, upcoming national tour, which will launch later uh, in September. Um, if you need any more information on any or all of these stories, please check out the show notes at broadwayradio.com. All right, Matt, why don't you get us out of here? All right, thanks for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Broadway Radio, and you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at BWWMatt. And my name is James Marino from broadwayradio.com and broadwaystars.com. Thanks for spending some of your Wednesday with us, and uh, Matt and I will be back and talk with you tomorrow. Thank you.